We'll talk later. Okay. Three, two, and one. Eleven o'clock comics episode. Yikes! Uh, I stepped in something. Squishy, squishy. Love it. Eleven o'clock. E e. Let's do. You guys are. <laughs> you're happy this week. This is good. All right. Ooh-ha, got you all in check. Hua! You mad? And you George, mad? And George just started barking. Oh, she's so cute. Hi, Rory. Hi, Rory. Your daddy kisses. Let's get professional oh, here, Vince. Jesus Mark. Pick us up here, Vince. Okay. You're the producer. Let's do it's this. On, it's on me. Three, two, one. He's rosary e- bleeds. Mm, ro- <laughs> rosary, rosary bleeds. It's because you're holding them in the palm of your hand. That's why. Stop. All right, come on. Yeah, come on. It's, <laughs> keep us bound, man. <sighs> 11 o'clock comics. Damn, I couldn't get it in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like trying to duck underneath the door. <laughs> come on. Seriously. Let's do okay. it. Okay. All right. Pull your pants up. 11 o'clock comics, episode 227. <laughs> Um, I guess at halftime they're having um, they're having our town the the peewees which are my son's age which is eight nine year olds and the juniors which are ten and eleven year olds uh, at halftime of the game they're going to play right on the field they're going to do oh, a scrimmage. that is awesome isn't that great yeah. once in a lifetime deal how I know right yeah thirty thousand people they're going to be in front of good for him give him a yeah. hug for me he's pretty giddy I would be too well yeah. you know not for the sports part but I mean if it was something else <laughs> I would be giddy. <laughs> <laughs> you could, dude. You could tell we're. I'm drafting with some comic geeks that aren't quite savvy in the football. Andrew Luck just went in the third round. Rough. Oh, rough. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, good. this, this, this uh, secret mystic arcane language that I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Well, I don't even know who I'm talking to because you all haven't introduced yourselves. because oh, it's not time yet. Oh, it, will, it, it will be. It will be. You playing some Zappa tonight? No, no. Let's check it out. No, we're good. Hey, everybody! Wow, look at this. It's eleven o'clock. Comics checking my eBay episode two hundred and twenty-seven, and I'm Vince B. Yeah, you is. Yes, you are, and I'm Christopher Neesman. Uh huh. I'm David Price. Word him up, and I'm Joseph Gordon Levitt. 
Oh, <laughs> it's not a tumor. You're not. Oh, no, that was last week. <laughs> now we're recycling old jokes. Uh, no, you're not jo Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You are Jason Wood, everybody. And guess what? This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by who? DCBs. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, where you can get the following books hugely discounted from what other people are going to pay at the comic book shops. Get this. From Image, it's Bedlam, number one. It's a mature reader's title, written by Nick Spencer. Art by Riley Rosmo. Nice. And, and the cover art is by one Freezer, rhymes with laser, Irving. Cover oh, price. Please. Yeah, cover price. Three fifty. Not for you. Buck seventy five. That's fifty percent off. Rudy. From Boom. Don't sleep on this like y'all slept on Adventure Time. From Pendleton <laughs> Ward. You can get the Bravest Warriors number one. It's a six issue mm. miniseries. First issue will cost you Dollar ninety nine. Fifty percent off, son. I know, right? And if you don't order this, I'm gonna be very cross with some of you. From DC, it's Commandy, the Last Boy on Earth Omnibus Hardcover Volume Two. Cover price is fifty dollars. I'm gonna have you like a nightmare, son. But if you get it from Discount Comic Book Service, that's DCBService.com, it will only cost you twenty four dollars and ninety nine cents for a compilation of the greatest comic ever published. I don't think that's a you know much to pay. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I spaced out there for a second. I get it. Spaced Silly. out, Alien like, Legion. Uh, nice. Uh, uh. Give them a shot. DCBService.com. And if you're a first-time customer, you can enter the following code in the pre-moistened slot and get an additional 8% off your Sugar. already hugely discount order. David, unveil. Oh, we are out of sync. Unveil the discount code, Mr. Price. EOC8. Lumpen. EOC8. Who the hell and was that? That was David, Barry White. Barry White. An, uh, an, an additional 8% off your order. Check them out, dcbservice.com. Let's move this along. Yes. Um, Do Alien it. And Alien Legion better show up in the show notes. Um, because every time it does, Carl Plotz <laughs> emails me. It's great. <laughs> Frank, what about Frank Sirocco? No, not so it's much. too busy. Mm. Uh, and here's my show That's notes. So much. The, the great Carl Potts. That's in he the show great. notes. He is I know great. he is. Absolutely. I totally of, agree with at, you. At Twice we agreed today. Dun, dun, dun. I know. It's, it's, the world's going to end. Hold me, Vince. I'm scared. Um, yeah, scared eventually, of you. Eventually they're going to make a movie out of that thing, and it will oh. be awesome. I would I would go with an animated feature. I would just that, get, damn oh, you. This is so really good. scary now. I would I would definitely go the animated route with that. Yeah, it would be awesome. It would be fantastic. Um, so... I have a thank you, which leads into our um, uh, uh, drink roll call. Uh, John Fallon, uh, who's been messaging me on Facebook, and I've been uh, very, very poor. I'm always very poor about returning messages. Very true. Not good. It's I'm terrible about it. There's terrible. But it's terrible. Facebook, Twitter, and 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 PMs and texts, and I, I owe Andy Tom a text. Um, um, Andy, uh, reply to the text that you sent me. Yes, get the Absolute Dark Knight. It's really good. Um, yeah, because so, it has the better one in it. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Please tell me it's dark, fucking Nick and Dan. If I cut my Absolute Dark Knight in half, it'd be the most Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Woo! That you better know, be Nick and Dent. 
Enough of this. Enough of this cynicism. I think this needs to be a brighter, happier show. It does. That's why I'm loving Dark Knight Strikes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So my thank you is for John Fallon, who has been um, telling me he has beer for me for for a while now, mm-hmm. and so he was kind enough to drop off at the uh, fantastic Challengers Comics and Conversation tonight to four packs of two four pack variety packs from surly brewing which i have not had anything yeah it's fun dude that's so funny i had a surly for the first time in my life this past week when i was in minneapolis what okay well yeah it's it's that's fucking crazy the minnesota brewer uh what did you have while you were there um it was on tap at a restaurant we were at um I don't remember if you said it. I would know, but so, uh, well, the one I guess that they're that they're known for is the Surly Bender, which is uh, and, and yeah, I know isn't that a great name? It's a it's a uh, an oatmeal uh, brown ale, and wow. it is fantastic. Just a velvety smooth, delicious brown ale. Uh, they also have the uh, um, the Surly Coffee Bender, which is that is what I had. And there's a lot of coffee in it. And it was really good, dude. It was very coffeeish, but really good. Very tasty. Um, then I also have the uh, um, the Surly Bitter Brewer and the Surly Furious uh, beer, which uh, um, it looks like it's uh, kind of a, a Scottish malt. Um, I'll, I'm going to have them all tonight. So Wasn't uh, Minneapolis the city in which Laverne and Shirley took place? No, that's Milwaukee. No, yeah. Milwaukee, yeah. Which oh. is Schlemiel Schmodel. That's what I was going to say, the Schlemiel and the Schmodel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spinoff of what show? Happy Days. Happy Days. Dude, did you remember when her, was it Carmine was for the guy that she loved? Carmine Ragusa, yes. Dude, remember he becomes a priest? He does? I didn't yeah, watch it that long. Season. No when they moved kidding. to California? Yeah. Oh, and they had Rhonda, the the, the slutty yeah, neighbor. Uh, yeah, because Laverne leaves the show. Right, wait, right. Because yeah. she went to do movies. Jumped the yeah. shark. Oh, it totally jumped the shark. Shirley lived in L.A. with some other chick. And Carmine was freaking a priest, dude. Wow. Carmine Ragusa. Yeah, the move to to California. How many cousins twice removed to see the events? About three. I figured. Yeah. We all go from rags to rags. We're all related, right? We are. We're like monkeys in a tree. (laughs) 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 It's an olive tree. It is. Ah. What am I drinking? Uh, Get this. What you got? So thank, thank you, John, very much. Oh, the best. I'm sorry. The best part is that he also sent me a glass, um, and it's a co- it's a it's a glass coffee mug. Um, it's a Surly Brewing Company coffee mug, and on the back of it, it says, "It's never too early to get Surly." Get he it? set nice. you up, brother. Yeah, it was all, and the packaging. It was like this. It was. It's got to be like what lobsters get shipped to people in. It was like this amazing. Uh, uh, a foam cooler with oh, ice packs and the whole deal. Yeah, the guy he sent it to you chilled? Well, he dropped it off. I think he lives in the Chicago uh, area. Oh, okay. Working in Chicago. Um, nice. So, Nicely done. Yeah, it was, it, was, respect. it was fantastic. So I got an awesome... Mad respect. Uh, and, and, and eight um, uh, surly beers. So it was awesome. So thank Good you, on you. So I am you drinking... A Samuel Adams Boston Lager. That is a quality, quality brew, my friend. I agree. I agree it is. I don't like it at all. Wow. Really? really? I love this beer. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I don't like Sam Adams. Never really have. 
Hmm. I, I, I like the summer brew when they make it, but I don't really. I think Sam Adams Boston Lager is the best readily accessible beer in the country. I was going to say I retail beer. I think, well, yeah. you're wrong about that because Yingling clearly is, but. Uh, well, no, yep. no, it's not as good as Sam Adams. Dude, well, it's first, so much better. No, it's not. It's it's infinitely better, dude. It, no, I can't agree with you. I love you. You're cute, but I cannot agree with that statement. Uh, and you can only buy Yingling. Coming from a guy who thinks Burger King and <laughs> Circus. Whoa! No, Sam, Sam, Sam Adams is, is superior to Yingling, and it you can't not. buy. It, it is. is, but you can't buy really Yingling. Not. In, it except in select areas. Dude, don't so, let me get Suntress all up in here. Oh! <laughs> no, I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, come on. Damn. I don't... Look at that. There's no editing going on here, so that's going to fly. Good. <laughs> I hey, keep going. It is what it is. Uh, I know my fear. Okay. You shake I the like tree, it. a coconut's going to fall on your head. Okay, David. I'll David, take Chris's... <laughs> what are you drinking, buddy? Uh, well, first, I have to thank you. I, I want to thank Mr. John Bourne, Blue Note on the uh, on on the forum. I like um, him. Blue Note is it, is it seventy seven? I know there's a number at the end of Blue Note, but John Bourne was nice enough, kind enough to send me um, original art. I noticed he did a pretty kick ass on L on uh, on Twitter, so I was like, I really dig that. He says, Well, I'm gonna send it to you. So I have a pretty sweet looking Mon L downstairs, but included in the envelope, he also added. A uh, a a new Teen Titans era, Teen Titans uh, headshot piece of mm-hmm. all the uh, all the characters from the Wolfman Perez uh, launch. Cool. So I want to thank him for that, and I I need to rectify something I said a few weeks ago when I um, I attributed the Scott Pilgrim color code to Slurmo. I was wrong. It was actually Joey uh, Joey Ann on the forum. Uh, mm-hmm. Who mentioned it on Twitter and Slurmo? Bob Gar ran with it, so I want to rectify that. I am drinking tonight a whiskey sour. Oh, very nice. What's your sour? Uh, the uh, the sour is actually uh, because it was very inexpensive and I hadn't tried it. Uh, Evan Williams. There you go. Well, you're using a a, a proper sour mix. So that's good. See, that's why I use the squirt. Hmm. Well, the sour mix. Um, I forget who the hell makes the. Uh, it's it's a pretty popular sour mix brand, but the whiskey is is Evan Williams. Oh, oh, okay, okay. No, that's fine. All right, uh, Jason. I am drinking Diet Red Bull with Absolute Citron. Hmm. Tasty. Wow. When did you come out of the closet? Okay then. That was a don't even. <laughs> I got to thank you really quick. Well, of course, of course you, do. you do. I, I got to give it up to Mr. Alan Gadfelter. Is it? Uh, did I pronounce that right? Yes. No, no it's Gladfelter. I'm sorry. Oh, Gladfelter. It's Alan, right? He well, hooked me you up. Say Alan, I think of New Mutants. We so. think right. of Alan. Well, this White, is this yeah. is the other Alan. This is the Ian. We'll come back to his congratulations in a minute. Yes. He hooked me up with the first three issues of the Seattle free paper called The Intruder. The, the comic strip paper. Remember I told you guys this? I was looking around trying to, trying to subscribe and getting them and, and, uh, it's awesome. And he, he, mm-hmm. he sent me the first three issues. It's kind of like Smoke Signal from the, okay. uh, the Desert Island bookstore only. Yeah. It, it seems to be a bit edgier. This is nasty stuff. Edgier I love than it. really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's mature readers only. 
Ooh, which is really it. cool for a uh, <laughs> for a, uh, a a free paper. You know, anybody can pick this up. the The comics are astounding, and um, I'll go into it next week. I didn't get a chance to read them, and he also sent me a comic that he co created with Joshua Dysart. Nice. Oh wow! Yeah, I like Joshua yeah. yeah um, me too. Alan goes by the name, or he did go by the name of Rattlin' Bone, and this is a comic called How It Gets In. I gotta say, mad props to Alan, because he has disturbed (laughs) and unsettled me with this comic. Wow, that's hard to do. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty foul, dude. Pretty real? uh, So so it's gonna be banned Uh in the UK? Uh, a huge, a huge part of the storyline involves, um, uh, a hirsute dude masturbating. Nice. Nice. Yes, yeah, yeah so it's pretty cool. And flies, and any uh, a one a one handed her suit dude masturbating in front of uh, the television uh, to hee haw. It looks like. And well, it's, wow, it's, it's like it, a typical it's, Friday night around here. No, it's drawn exceptionally well, and the last page is is one of those images that just like burns itself into your brain. I don't know if he sells this or gives it away, but he should sell it because I think it's really good. How it gets in, P.M. Allen. On, on our full on our forum and and you know he'll give you the details i don't know if, if he has any of them because it's awesome he should have them if he awesome. doesn't i love it thank you the, alan uh, well since 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 jason did mention mr alan white we should just give him big uh big woohoos to yes. uh, to, to completing his his goal and and making the uh power principle now it looks like it's going to happen yay and, it's uh, going to happen. Fully funded, baby, baby. Who, who had a doubt? Did anybody doubt that Ew. it was going to come on? And and I want to uh, and I want to make mention to um, because his head isn't big enough. Uh, Mr. Ryan Stegman is part of a Kickstarter project. I was just thinking about that when Ryan was up comments. in the Porsche that we're about to buy him for this Kickstarter Seriously, program. Dude, yeah. this is insane. I mean, I think this is this is a really cool looking package. When when. Um, when I saw him announce it, I guess midnight on, on Sunday night or something, but whenever it was, I, I just, I hit the page. I did back it, I think sometime Monday. I was going to say, you know. Dap, for once you backed something and then, and then it alerted me to back it. Well, dude, <laughs> it That's it, never going to happen Stegman. again, my friend. It was Stegman. He's on that like hair on your ass. He, well, he no, loves it, the statement. Dude, if, yeah. if, if Somni ba- put a project that David would, <laughs> would get it tattooed on his forehead to, to walk around in. The top fucking tier. I, I don't give a uh, shit what the hell it would be. I no, lunch don't, well, don't tell him that. He'll make the top tier disgustingly expensive. <laughs> I, I, oh. I don't even feel bad pimping it because, uh, because I wasn't a part of it. But um, Sal, on a recent AC episode that came out um, – here a couple of days ago, uh, interviewed Ryan about the whole Kickstarter program and what they're mm. doing. So, yeah, that's fan. Yes, it, I'm. I'm going to buy into that too. And while we're on the subject of Kickstarter, before we seg into the comic book stuff, Jamal Eigel. Oh yes, Jamal. Yes, uh, he has. He's currently Jamal. running a a Kickstarter for his Molly Danger character. If you're not yeah. into that, you should be. So go check that out. Yeah, don't be Molly Danger. Back that Jamal Eigel. Back that seriously. Back that ass up. All right. Do comics. Because I think we're pushing almost a half an hour already. And that's, even for us, that's, no, it's 20 minutes. That's standard, dude. All right. Let's get into the comics. I want to hear what y'all are reading. No, I'm not going to. Come on. uh, Jason, what are you reading? Or David. David, we'll we'll go from. uh, Jason or David, which one is it, dude? David will go in terms of height. So, I'm going last then. Yeah, I I think, I think Wood and I are tag teaming on one tonight. We are? 
Wow. Yeah, I believe so. Well, this wow. is get something that I, off, I, I, I'll, I'll get this one out of the way yeah. because I think it's something we can all talk about. Yeah, um, yeah you were you were alluding to this on the Twitter. Yeah, no. This was going to make you This is going to make you giddy, and and uh, it's probably going to make Chris say, "Well, duh," and and Vince will be like, "What took you?" But um, this was a little something uh, recently wrapped up. Um, and it, it, the main character is a, uh, it's a guy called Heath and ran about 32 oh. issues. Oh my God, dude. So topical. Uh, really? It's, um, so for those not in the know, I, I read the entirety of Fear Agent. Oh my wow. balls. No Fear kidding. Wow. Yes. wow. Well, uh, what, wait, what are we at time wise? Cause we only have like an hour and a half left. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, I, I, it, it's, it's one of those things where I'm glad I read it when I read it. I, I didn't, I don't know how frustrating it would have been for me to read month in, month out or, or as, as they were, as the issues were coming out, because mm-hmm. even as I'm reading them, I'm going back a couple of issues to see just where I might have gotten lost or what was confusing. Yeah. And, and it was, and it was, it, and, but I mean, it's, it's all remender. This is not, I mean, I haven't read everything Rick has done. I, I've read Uncanny X-Force. I've read Venom. Um, obviously I, I read Fear Agent. So this is definitely what, what kept me going forward, uh, aside from the beautiful issues that Jerome Pena at a hand in. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. What, what kept me going through it was, was Remender's story and, and to see where Heath was going, where he was going to end up, what, what more shit could be piled on top of this poor soul. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it, every time I thought he was, and I, I mean, I guess unpredictability was, has been a thing with me the past few weeks, but every time I thought we were going somewhere and, and I never really, even when he's like lunged and, and, and thrown through an airlock and, and is in outer space, I never thought, that was it for him, but I needed to know how he was going to get out of yeah, it. Yeah, you can't pin the fear agent down. You, there were, even the, I would say I was a pretty diehard fan, right? Loved the book. I could not predict where he was going to take it. Well, the great, the greatest thing, and I mean, I know we've talked about this in other times when we've gushed about the book, but the awesome thing about the book, well, there's many awesome things about the book, but one of my favorite things is that even though the, pastiche of the book the overall thing is 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 what it is which is a you know a uh, a science fiction pulpy thing he genre hops within that you know yeah oh yeah well I there's mean, western and, and there's and romance the and there's yeah. there's a war well, but, version and you know i mean do you, do you did you get ever get kind of what they're doing there and oh it's it's totally ec it's love letter to ec and and it's not um it wasn't it 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 just it wasn't I I, I want to say kind of that it wasn't over the top or he went to just, he didn't, there were times where as I'm reading, because I read the issues and there were times as I'm reading it, um, I'm just, I, I recognize that at the end of the image run, they go to Dark Horse. So it, as when, when we kick off the, the Dark Horse um, miniseries within a series, yeah. it's, it's the origin of the theories. It's what happens with Heath post death of, of dad and Kent. And it's, and, and a little bit of it was like this, this kind of stopped it cold, just like 
the the secret origin of of Green Lantern happened at the end of the Sinestro Corps War, where we were everything mm-hmm. was fine and smooth, and now we have a six month six issue origin story which killed the flow dead, and and we have to now now try and this this the origin story because it was a flashback for four issues or five issues it it did it it slowed it down for me a little bit, and then I get to the last page of the last issue in that series and 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 it's him talking to Mara and 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 we're all caught up and now we're back in present day at at that time and and it right. and it's fine from that point forward um but I, I every time you know he's a character who you I mean it's not Frank Castle where you're not supposed yeah. to but he's the the things he does to himself and 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 you think that uh I mean he never he never lies to the reader. I mean, he didn't lie to Mara. He told her, you know, my wife is gone. It didn't. It was on her that she thought that meant dead. But right. and oh, and and spoilers because we're talking about mm-hmm. here. Um, oh sure. It's uh, it's he never he he knows he's he's done wrong. And and I never got the sense that he's until the very end that that he was trying to make amends for anything. Really, he just he he was just trying to do what he does and and at the very beginning he he's kind of he's calling himself an exterminator and i never after that first arc i never really got the sense that he was an exterminator i never i i just i knew he was a fear agent and at that time the last fear agent but then we go back in time and it's and it really is such a a roller coaster going in and out and back and forth and and i every character that we're introduced to, whether it's Scott or Keith or, or Otto or, or Nicholas, and everybody is unique. They, they have their own voice. I can spot any of them out. Nobody felt like they could take the place of someone else. And even even Eden, who we see for a total of a few pages over the course of the series, she 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 stands out. She's vivid. It it she she's her father's daughter, and it's just I really. This is something I, I would recommend to just about anybody. It's good comics. Nice, isn't it? you know. It's I, that book. That book taught me so much about comics, and this is you know at a time you know fear agent. I, I met Rick and Tony before I ever started podcasting, and it was it was a probably I don't know six months or so before before Sal and I started started AC, and. And so I had, by happenstance, had 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 this you know cool encounter with Rick and and, and Tony, and and they were kind of telling me about the series that it was going to be a, a two fisted man of action sci fi book, and I'm like that sounds amazing. And and in that description, I mean that is they were already pulling from EC without me even knowing it, and because of that book, I learned. About EC Comics, I learned okay. about about. I didn't really know about the history of EC before before Fear Agent. It made me want to go and find Two Fisted Tales and Weird Science mm-hmm. and you know all of the all of the the awesome awesome books that that they had that they had put out. And Fear Agent really was that that kind of fantastical love letter to EC. But that book 
and, and getting to know Rick a little bit over the years and interviewing him and, and Tony and kind of learning about what they had to go through for that book. It was, that that book was a labor of love for them. And, you know, Rick kind of came to this realization, I don't know, probably, you know, 12 or 15 issues in. He's like, I can't promote this book anymore. We have found the audience that we're going to have. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. is it. Our sales numbers are what they are, and I could I could work you know 120 hours a week promoting this book, and I'm not going to get any more readers. But you know and that, what? That's so me. And as far as what the comic book community at large was, and what they would read, because for a long time I thought Fear Agent was the best book on the stands, but it was kind of mired in this like you know eight thousand readers an issue kind of thing. So well, now, now this doesn't this isn't gonna put any money in his pockets, but I would think that the people who are reading Fear Agent are the people who are reading Fear Agent. They're not the people who are buying every Batman book because Batman's in it, whether they're gonna read mm-hmm. it or not. Same thing with Spider Man and Wolverine. The, the the people who are reading Fear Agent love what Rick is doing. And and oh, I was sure. I was a little I, I was a little not not irked or ticked or just it 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 kind of just bummed me out a little bit that we're at like maybe the fourth issue or so and and it's tony moore with assists by and and i was like and and it, oh, and, and yeah. the reason that bummed me out is because this was this wasn't like th- this was a series that started when it started and i don't know i i, I don't know what a lead time they may have had but it's like it's 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 your you're a few months in and we're already not going all out and 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 it, it, well, and it that, that t- david did. david you got you got to get paid at some point absolutely no i i know i get that and <laughs> so. and i mean so if if and if they were on schedule with image yeah. and image was like you know and and they were like you know we got to have this out now like i said i don't know the, the back dealings but yeah. but then i get then i get it's to the, the issues back, that back, back for image all I and you know I probably am talking out of school. The acting for images that you get paid on the back end. You know you get oh, paid. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's not and, and it's yeah. not Tony's first dance with image because I get paid I mean, on my no back end. Debt, so mm-hmm. it's oh, but it's it's. Um, I I get paid from your back end. Oh, look at that! I love it. I love that. The, uh, but 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 as soon as 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 Jerome comes on, like any any negativity I had about. The art or, or or production or anything, it just it 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 went away. I mean, his his issues—they they really were gorgeous. It's, it's it's almost like I, I I like Tony's take on some things, especially the Western issues were were looked great under him. Um, I kind of well, come think- on, like like Walking Dead, Tony Moore set the standard for Fear Agent. Yeah, but I would, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's created by Rick and Tony, and that's, and that's fine, and, and, you know, and they're his designs, and, and, and that's what everybody, those were the model sheets everybody went by, but especially when we're in space and we have certain aliens or, or just, especially the women, I think I, Jerome couldn't be topped. I, I, yeah, he's good. Yeah, and he's how about, how, how about Huddleston? He's a beast. Didn't Huddleston do no, a couple yeah, issues? No, 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 no. Hawthorne. Uh, Mike, Mike Hawthorne. 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 That's what I mean. Hawthorne. And, and yeah. Karen the Wire, and, uh, oh. and you had uh, Frank Avila. You had um, you know um, you know uh, Rick used to live on Dwyer's couch. No, well, she, uh, who, Rick. Rick used to ink Karen on the Avengers. Well, right. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, it, Dwyer <laughs> was working on the Avengers, and Rick needed yeah. to make some money, and he was, I think, chillaxing on his couch and. 
And he, he's like, he why don't you ink me? Yeah. Um, um, Dwyer's a fantastic artist. What happened to him? Like, I agree with you. Since Triple X Zombies, has he done anything? I think, I think he wanted to make a living. Yeah, and I do believe he has. He, there was a lawsuit of some kind too with Starbucks, right? Starbucks, for yeah, for right. his uh, LCD comic, the lowest common denominator. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know but, how much of his time did, was consumed by that, but it existed. He did. You, if you can, find, it's out of print. But if you can find West West of the Independence that he did with uh, Matt Fraction is a fantastic like summer blockbuster action adventure. Oh. It's so and good. And landscape, too, right? Well, you, you, yeah, it's, you, it's landscape format. It's out of print, and you, you really have to kind of search for it. But yeah, West, the Independence, Karen Dwyer, and Matt Fraction. So you know good. who, um, and, and you know who was his stepfather at one point? Who that? John Stan Burn. Lee. John Byrne, oh. really? Yep. yep. <laughs> you know what my, my favorite Karen Dwyer work is? And you're going to be like, what? What is that? Because I don't think many people read it. Sea of Red from Image was fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, there's another Remender time. Such a good right. book. Such a yeah. good book. Yeah. Sea of I, I, Red is it, great. It's, it, you know, it kind of it had trouble holding its center, and I thought that it went on a little bit longer than it needed to. I thought it was a great six-issue story. That Moody as fuck, they, though. You know, what they they squeezed what did they squeeze eighteen issues out of that? Did they have three volumes? Um, I have them all. Uh, let's see, uh, thirteen I, I, issues, I think. Does that sound right? So two trades, three. I'm pretty sure three. Thirteen. It's got more than thirteen issues. Then. Oh, Christopher, you're getting all shitty. Um, uh, that's because he put his. He's going to look at something. The uh, uh, while while he's doing that, the um, yeah, you gotta give. Props to uh, well, well, of course, Hillary Barter for Tales yeah. of the Fear Agent. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that uh, was probably one of the. I mean, I knew Remender was good people, but in that that special <laughs> Tales of the Fear Agent, when he shit on W and Cheney, I was like, I like this guy a lot. <laughs> the uh, and and our old pal Zergzo, uh did a backup. Yes, uh, but you had. Oh, uh, but uh, I, what if, I loved if about you're, if you're in the Chicago area and you want to buy a Chris Burnham. <laughs> agent page they're at challengers right now wow dude yeah. next time is, you run into burnham i want you to see what he's eating take note of what the dude is eating because i'm going to start eating the same thing <laughs> well because uh, batman incorporated uh, number three oh dear god dude unless you unless unless you're going to drink some polyjuice potion i don't know that you got what burnham's got <laughs> i know uh, it's, it's true the um, the dude is good looking man yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a hundred percent heterosexual dude, but he's a looking <laughs> man. Still, he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the, you're, 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 you're right. You're right. Sea Red ran uh, uh, thirteen issues. Look at that. How about and, that? Uh, some some of the folks in those last issues, um, Francesco Francavilla. Wow. Yep. Involved with yep. it. So you had some. Didn't Sal good, good Sam do 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 some Saul stuff good, from? Yep. Sal good yes. Sam and and Franco Francavilla. So yeah, yeah. it's That's a nice great side. friggin' book, and it's a, the whole the entire run. I, I believe is sepia tone, so yes. it, on on cream colored paper. Seriously, if you if you can scoop some some uh, sea of red back issues cheap, get them. They're great. It's a great little book. That is great, huh? Looks like, yeah, Karen Dwyer did the did the way. did the layout. So good, Sam. It looks like he did uh, pencils, inks, and colors on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this guy has he done anything recently? I, I don't good? I don't think yeah. so, bro. I have a shitload of you little mini 
Damn it. Damn it. Go. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the Tales of the Fear Agent backups, I thought that they, they didn't, they didn't detract, they didn't take anything away because as we're, we're in, even we're in present day with Heath and all the crap he's going through, we still get to see what he was doing in the eight to ten years prior to us meeting him mm-hmm. in the first issue. I mean, it really was a nice, it, it was a great package. I mean, it's, it, 32 issues, if, if that's what Rick had in mind for telling, you know, Heath's whole story, it, it worked out well. I thought that, um, you know, even though there was a Tales of the Fear Agent issue that, uh, that happened once the, um, with, with the image and Dark Horse transition, even that, it didn't really, there wasn't anything that really jumped out to me as like it, it was filler or they were treading water any time. I mean, he he, right. he went from from arc to arc, and it just it was it was all over the place. But it was laid out. He uh, in in um, I think issue thirty or so when when Heath is talking to to the the King Jelly Brain and 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 <laughs> that's when you know yeah. everything is you know from from when we first meet him on on the planet um, for Zgerda and and. You know, and, and he meets the primates, and he fights them, and, and how everything was leading up to this moment, and it just it it worked. There wasn't at no point that I was I reading this thinking that well he just pulled that out of his ass, or I don't you know there right, wasn't right, right. It, 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 everything was deliberate. I had you know it, it was it's very satisfying. I really have no problems with with anything about that that whole series. It was and and I. I owe it all to Rick Remender because I mean he had some very talented artists working with him, and sure. and and he had Hillary on the backups and, and writing those, and it, it all worked well. But it's it's because of Rick that that I was that I couldn't stop reading it until I finished the whole thing. Yeah, am I still crackly, please? No, you're, no, you're good. You is not, Christopher. If you'd like to see the highs, uh, Sal Good is capable of hitting. Check this out. I'm gonna send you a link right now. He oh, is okay. he's doing a series with Mark Sable. By the way, do you realize his name is Saul Good? Yeah, but it's, it's, not, his, it's good. not his real name though. Stop. I know, but how awesome is that? Right. That is good. Um, he's doing a series with Mark Sable called uh, Dracula, oh. Son of the Dragon. Oh my God! Check those pages out. That's some fantastic work. Look at Vlad with his Word. little his little headgear going on there and the moodiness with the lightning bolt. That freaking dragon in that last page. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. Check that shit out. And I'll put this link up for everybody on the on the forum to see. Uh, uh should I read it? Yeah, it's www.salgoodsam one word dot com forward slash comics forward slash Dracula Son of the Dragon with hyphens in between each word. Dracula hyphen son hyphen of hyphen. You get the picture. Check this workout. Incredible. And he's still got that sepia tone Incredible. thing going on there. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. I'm glad Chris brought up Sal Good Sam. Or did I? Doesn't really matter because we matter. got there, right? Doesn't That's matter right. who's yep. driving. It's the journey. Vince. We got it's the there. journey. I there know. Go. I got one. Go are we ahead. done? Are we done with Fear Agent? <laughs> for now, oh, yeah. I'm ready to talk about Fear Agent for another hour or two. But we really, oh, I, it, yeah. order, you know what? We'll talk about the, it again when the, the omnibus hits my hits my inbox because it'll there be exactly. we go. Okay. Order the cool. order the omnibus and read it and take a journey because it was one of my favorite now, wait, series is, of the last decade. I I I wasn't paying attention to the solicit. Is is it an oversized hardcover omnibus or is it a standard dark horse omnibus, smaller size paperback? Well, they're going to do two of them, so okay. it's 
yeah. So it's I, I imagine it's going to be you know sixteen ish issues plus some of the other you know content okay um, per omnibus. What I'm understanding. So okay. it's going to be volume one, volume two. Gotcha. Which is still that's a lot. Sixteen issues is a lot. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be. It's not going to be like you know Amazing Spider-Man Volume One Omnibus size. It's going to be more. I, I would imagine. I would imagine it's going to be very similar to the BPRD Omnibuy okay. that Dark Horse put, puts out. So. Gotcha. Um, speaking of creator-owned stuff. Speaking of uh, Rick Remender uh, collaborators. Um, speaking of comics that um, took much longer to come out than we would have liked them to have taken, uh, but something, some, no, that still that still hasn't come out. Oh. Uh, but something that I think was well worth the wait, and as a uh, as a collection, is something that I will probably go back and revisit uh, multiple times. Is from Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto. And that is uh, the Infinite Horizon. Did mm-hmm. any of you guys read the Infinite Horizon as it was coming out, or in no. trade? I can't say that I did. Uh, one of my one of my favorite books that has come out in the last few years, and it took it was the the funny kind of unintentional irony of it is that it took forever to come out, and it is a modern day reimagining of the Odyssey. Oh so, really? Oh nice. So yeah. So there's your there's your unintentional irony is that you know the, the the story of the Odyssey is that you know it took the soldier you know ten years to to get back home after uh, after a war and that's what that's what Infinite Horizon is an unnamed soldier who is uh, he's basically a, a, a captain or a company commander in uh, in the Middle East and he is uh, deployed as really kind of as the world is unraveling it is a uh, not so distant future um, reimagining of, of the Odyssey where natural catastrophes and war and tons of other changes in the world have made have made the world a very uh unstable place uh obviously some some huge national you know natural disasters have taken place and you know imagine if that were ever to to happen in real life and you know unfortunately it's not that hard to imagine anymore but what happens to our our military that is abroad in in that kind of uh scenario where we have um Military kind of scatter the world, and our own country has kind of come apart at, at the seams. And there are there are foreign wars that are being fought, and then it kind of degrades into um, just this attempt to get back home. And that's uh, that's what Infinite Horizon kind of at its at, at its core is about, where you have the 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 named soldier in his trek from. The Middle East through Africa and then onward home to upstate New York, but at the same time, his wife is um, they they own land and and a farm in upstate New York and control basically the flow of water that goes downstate as far as into New York City, which is underwater and it has been flooded um, 
because of a natural disaster. But uh, so you have her story and what she's going through trying to keep her son safe and deal with farmers and landowners in New York State while her husband is is gone and at this point kind of presumed dead by most everyone except for her. So mm-hmm. it's it's a pre, it's a it's a very heavy but awesome retelling of the Odyssey in modern circumstances. Cool. And sounds actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's fucking really cool. And and <laughs> there you go. D- Jerry, Jerry did a great job writing it, and um, Phil Noto. If you haven't seen Phil, is yeah. Phil, Phil's a pretty phenomenal artist. This is a different a different style for him than what you may have seen in a lot of his pinup stuff. Uh, yeah, Phil tends to have a fashion illustration kind of yes, sensibility to yes, his stuff, yes. which I like. Uh, it, it works great in co- in uh, in the on cover images, but his uh-huh. Jonah Hex work I didn't think was the strongest forum for him because he he's a very pretty and it was artist very stylized uh you, you know there, there there's almost um uh an art deco sensibility to a lot of his work yeah, uh, yeah. and and i just didn't think it worked well with um jonah hex but i love the guy's style and, and you, there's no denying he can draw like a son bitch yeah. but, which makes me really eager to see what chris is talking about because i like to see it in a different um no in, in a different uh format Forum, forum, yeah. It's almost, it's almost. Look, I mean, it's very, it's a very odd style, uh, and and it's, but he he floats around with different styles, and mm-hmm. his cover is completely different than than a lot of the interiors. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's very graphic. I mean, you just kind of Vince will be able to describe it much better than I. Uh, the uh, you don't know the the fight Cyclops in here is awesome, but um, the the issue that that I particularly enjoyed was uh, was one that took place in Africa, where the where the soldier has to overcome some uh, um, drug dependency, some painkiller dependency after a pretty horrific accident, and also has to deal with some African warlords who are all teenagers. Uh, I mean, this is this is a world that has gone to hell in a handbasket. Uh-huh. It deals. It's so amazing because it has a classic feel while dealing with a lot of modern day issues. That if I had read this years ago, I'd be like, "Wow, that's some far out fucking science fiction." There, where right now I'm like, "Yeah, I can see that happening in five years." <laughs> kind of like Jason's take on DMZ, right? That uh, yeah, it seems pretty yeah. far fetched, you know, initially, but now I don't know, not so, yeah. uh, not so uh, outlandish, right? True that. Yeah, that sounds really cool, though. You like DMZ, and and if you're a fan of dystopian movies, like I am, you will freaking love this. So it's finally collected. Pick it up. It's it's a great creative team. The book that has a lot of heart and 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 smarts to it. Mm. That it was it was nominated for an Eisner and. Then they weren't able to get the past issues out because you know they well they had to you know make a living, um, and it finally they finally did complete it. It's yeah, Infinite Horizon. It's it's one of my favorite books that's come out in the last few years. I'm gonna peep that. I'm gonna check it out. You'll do that. Make I, it I, happen, I, dog. Yeah. I'll, 
guys would enjoy it. It's it's it. I got something. You okay. always do. It's only one thing, and it's only thirty-two pages. But I'll tell you, yeah, it's as dense as a damn neutron star. It is from, <laughs> really, it is from Dark Horse. Yay! It, it's another one of their um, capitalizations on the old Warren legacy because it's it's eerie. Number one, blah. Is anybody oh, is anybody surprised that I'm reading this and bringing it to <laughs> the table? No, nobody's surprised. Uh, the uh, cover image is by, um, let's see, Jim Pavelek, whose work I'm not really familiar with, but he did a damn good job. Almost in the realm of the Weird Tales covers, not so much eerie, but it works here. It's very Lovecraftian, and that, that's, that's appropriate for eerie, right? Uh, back cover, you get a classic image from Bernie Wrightson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Warren fans have seen this before. It's... Uh, Eerie sitting in his uh, chair with his books, and there's the uh, the bones above his head, and the, and the the wine bottle used as a candle. It's a gorgeous freaking image. There's a, a star pattern radiating from the the uh, the skeleton. It, uh, it it's it's just an astoundingly gorgeous image. But you can say that about everything Bernie Wrightson does. Inside the book, it's it's um too old and too new. It's a nice balance, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, of the new, uh, starts off with Mr. Stray Bullets himself, David Lapham. Nice. Ah. Ri- he writes and draws, uh, a, an appropriately effed up opening salvo called A Robot for Your Thoughts, and it's really disturbing. It's, it's, a, it's an extremely disturbing story. I will tell you nothing about it, because if I do, it will ruin it. So I, I want I want the story to succeed on its own merits. Suffice to say, it's beautifully drawn. It's David Lapham. If you've seen his work in Straight Bullets, you know what to expect here. It's black and white, very strong uh, blacks, extremely uh, detailed figure work and expressions. It's it's really disturbing. I'm looking at some of the images now. It's like, oh, dude, you are not right. <laughs> um, and uh, okay, so number two. You get a vintage reprint from uh, a Warren mainstay, duh, writer-artist Mr. Bill Dubay. It's uh, it's oh. called Life Species. And Not to be you, confused with Benson Dubois. No. And if you <laughs> can see the trend here, first story, A Robot for Your Thoughts. Second story, Life Species, a sci-fi-tinged tale. What they're doing, they're really pushing Eerie's connection to science fiction as well as horror. Mm-hmm. That, that was the deal back in the day. Creepy was more straightforward horror where, um, Eerie brought in the recurring characters and they liked to tinge a lot of the stuff with, uh, not only fantasy, but there was a strong science fiction, uh, push in Eerie. Right. And, and they are, they are really slamming that home with this. And it's, it's working. The third story is another sci-fi tinged tale. And this is going to perk Mr. Tim Rackrich's ears up because um, it is drawn by a dude who I first encountered in the pages of Jonah Hex, the uh, the the 70-issue run, which preceded this all-star western. Uh, this story is drawn by a dude named... Well, what'd you say? I was joking. Darwin Cook. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? No. This story is drawn by a dude named Rafa Garez. And and I, I first saw his work and 
Jonah Hex number 29. And this issue is absolutely stunning. Uh, the, the guy has a style, um, it's very reminiscent of, of the great Filipino artists of the Bronze Age, albeit okay. by way of the uh, distorted, kind of disjointed, disturbing reality. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're not familiar with this because not a whole hell of a lot of people read it, but Rick Grimes did a, did a series in Taboo called Puzz Fundles. Extremely disturbing uh series uh but there was a take on reality in that series that that kind of meshes well with who who did what rick grimes has a series called puzz fundles you're cutting out again from the walking dead no 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 (laughs) no not that rick grimes this is the this is the real rick grimes um and another dude who attended the cubert school but um it's a story about mankind's explorations uh, of space. These, this, this uh, space team uh, pops through a wormhole, and they're like 130 light years from Earth. They're really far out, and it's the first time mankind has uh, pierced uh, another solar system, right? And, and they find a planet, and they're looking for another place to colonize because I guess earth is, is in the shitter and in, in, in uh, typical sci-fi fashion, the gravitational pull of the planet pull sucks them down. Uh, and all we have left is the captain, uh, a man named uh, Sherard Arnaud. And, and he wakes up and there's this alien woman and she's, she's kind of got the, the typical features of a gray, you know, the big black eyes, but she's hot. She got dreadlocks and she's naked underneath her robe and she, yeah, puts, yeah. and she puts the moves on him. She's like, yeah, all the males on our planet, they all died and we got to repopulate this bitch. So you got to help me out. And she starts grinding on him. Oh yeah. And, and as she's doing it, oh, it is really disturbing. He's like, something's not right. The, the, the alien turns into this, this disgusting alien creature and she's still like, like, doing the do on top of him and she actually her body kind of sinks into his like combines with his and he's got all this flesh hanging off him and you you need to see it, it it's it's extremely disturbing and and stomach churning uh but and it has another one of those little oh Hen- henry tr- twist endings but as far as the story, you know, it's not a, a stretch. It's not a masterwork by any uh, stretch of the imagination. It's a good, solid sci-fi story. It was written by Christopher A. Taylor, but the real star of these, uh, I believe, eight pages is is Rafa Garis. Oh, good God! It's you won't forget some of these images. Really, really sear themselves into your mind, especially the last one. You got to see it. But okay, the star of the show. The last story presented appropriately enough in full color because it was drawn by a pioneer in the art of color theory uh, and uh, uh, the four color printing process as applied to comic books. Richard Corbin, uh-huh. uh, yes, drew this. And it's one of my all time favorite recurring characters, one of my all time favorite stories from Erie. It is the Richard Corbin illustrated Child Part One from uh 1974 originally published in Erie number 57 and it was reprinted 2 years later in the all color comics with an x international magazine number 4 which are really hard to find by the way um 
and, uh, and this is the same Jose Villarubia and Company colored restored version that appeared in the Creepy Presents Richard Corbin hardcover. Mm-hmm. It's it's the exact same. They probably, I mean, it's it's got to be the same plates. They just printed this from from the same damn damn thing. The colors look great. Uh, and and if you you uh, have the Corbin hardcover, you know the the uh, pains they went through to reproduce this artwork. Uh, uh, Jose himself, uh, Richard Corbin was. Um, noted uh, said in an interview with i believe it was newsarama or comic book resources either one of them uh, that uh, jose almost had to reconstruct the color work from scratch in some spaces wow that's no kidding really yeah that's big doings when richard corbin is confident enough in your color ability to let you you know uh dally with his classic work this story mm-hmm. is amazing it, it's um, but there's a a little sniggly bit that goes along with this story. Originally, it, the the writing chores were credited to Bruce Jones. Oh, Remember, wow. yeah, yeah, but over the years, uh, and it's backed up by the information in the Richard Corbin hardcover. Uh, it was not written by Bruce Jones. It was in fact scripted by Greg Potter. And this is where it gets weird. Wow. The hardcover corrects the mistake. It lists, it attributes the work to, to, to Greg Potter on the contents page and on the splash page of the story. But this eerie number one attributes the story to, on the, on the cover to Bruce Jones. Weird. And it's strange. Like, why, why wasn't that caught? I don't, it's, it's almost like there's two arms of the Dark Horse, uh, production team. Like, one's working on the, the, the hard covers and one's right. working on that. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it's why? It's entirely possible, though. It, oh, I'm sure it is, right? Uh, so, they, um, Greg Potter, Bruce Jones, it's it's Greg Potter. Uh, that, so here's here, it's weird, isn't it? I'm just surprised that Greg Potter wrote co-wrote something other than than Wonder Woman. Well, there, he did. I believe there, the child stories uh, appeared in three parts. I think Potter wrote the first two, and I'm pretty sure Bill Dubay wrote the third. But uh, he, he, although he only appeared three times, one of the more memorable characters from Eerie. Why? Because Richard Corbin drew the damn thing. I mean, if if you want to capture someone's attention, you have Richard Corbin draw it because yeah. the, the the man is a friggin' master. And I, from what I I remember from that interview, whether it was comic book resources or newsarama, doesn't matter. He he did not have problems with Jim Warren. The, the same problems that other uh, artists are um, noted to retell over the years, where Jim was right. a bit, bitch to work for. Corbin said it was one of the best experiences of his of his career, and it was the first time where he worked on a on a real in quotes uh, with a real publisher. I mean, he did. Um, uh, undergrounds and you know self-published stuff before that but uh when he got on the warren uh train his his star just ascended i mean that's where he got noticed and, and he was a corbin was a big damn deal in the 70s oh yeah yeah in the 80s too uh he still is right um yeah, he just did uh rage more he did and he's doing uh something else uh for dark horse coming out soon damn uh, my memory sucks. But anyway, in a nutshell, uh, Child is a reworking of the famous Frankenstein story. Uh, you have a, uh, a brilliant scientist, dude named Barton Clervell. Uh, his wife dies, Ellie. She dies, leaving him childless. 
and alone. Stop. And what is he? What is I know the bitch. And what does he do? He decides to stitch together a, a little uh, rugrat for himself in his lab. Easy enough, right? Of course. Uh, but in this twisted take, he succeeds in his task. Uh, he breathes life into this hulking blue-green patchwork monstrosity with the head of a young boy. Now, imagine this. If you haven't seen this story, imagine Richard, Cor Richard Corbin. Every ripple of the, the pecs drawn. Uh, there's one scene where the, the, the creature comes to life and it zooms, Corbin zooms in around his eye socket and you get to see the ripples and the, the undulations in the flesh around the eye. And like, talk about crow's feet. It, it, and there's a little tiny tear coming from it. It's gorgeous. There are, there are panels in this comic book in this comic story that will never ever leave your memory once you mm -hmm. you, you experience this um anyway so the creature comes to life and um barton's like what in the hell did i do this thing is a fucking abomination and he and he runs <laughs> and, he, and he grabs an axe and 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 the creature just keeps shambling after him and following him he grabs an axe and the, and the, the, the creature has him cornered and the, the guy's like stay back stay back and he raises the axe and the the, the creature is sucking on his thumb and he begins to cry like a baby and the, that's when it, it just melted the father's heart so he he did not plant the axe into the creature's forehead he raises them and there's a there's a montage um corbin does a montage where the the the, the kid's petting a skunk <laughs> and the father's like oh what are you doing and uh, uh he's he's sitting at the foot of his father's easy chair while the guy reads to him and you basically have the frankenstein monster with a child's face that's what child is he he was stitched together from uh dead body parts and and from from a number of sources where he got the child's head i don't want to think about it but but so I mean this creature has a chance and again there's another famous panel of uh, Barton working in the lab and you see a body wrapped in bandages on the floor the hands hanging out and it's all bloody there's a rabbit dead on the table but there's a head there's somebody's head on the friggin table that does not have a lower jaw and it when i i mean as a kid i saw this image and it just seared itself into my brain but later on in life when i saw the images uh shot from jeffrey dahmer's um apartment when they found the body parts in in his apartment a lot of them look like the stuff in this this comic it's it's very very disturbing very disturbing but um so where am i here Da, 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 da. Child becomes very protective of Barton. I mean, it's all he knows, right? It's the only human being he has contact with. And um, one day, uh, a bunch of ne'er do wells come into the the estate, and and they say, "Hey, Barton, you're living alone here. You got to have some money." And they accost the old dude, and, and they 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 start beating the crap out of him. Well, that's when Child, you know, his his dad is being threatened, and the monster springs into action and just rips the dudes apart pinches the one guy's throat like like it was a a, a straw and just cuts off his air and the dude's face turns blue and it's an amazingly illustrated story like corbin just nails every single freaking panel every panel is 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 a thing of 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 beauty uh there uh, and push comes to shove the old guy is murdered by someone i won't give you the details but the 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 wide um vertical uh, i'm sorry the wide horizontal panel in which corbin depicts the creature cradling the body of his dead father you'll never ever never forget it 
You won't. The, it, it, it's a very strong uh, chiaroscuro panel. Like there's the the shadows in the kid's face are are exceptionally strong, and he's just holding this old man and and you see the squint in his eye you got to see it. it it's only 299 people if you're not familiar with richard corbin's work if you're not familiar with warren uh publishing get your asses to a store and buy eerie number 1 if nothing else to read this this richard corbin drawn child story it is a masterpiece i'm i i don't like to use that word because a lot of times it comes back and bites me on the ass people say what are you talking about this is you know because art is extremely subjective but i do not think my opinion will be challenged in respect to this story it is a veritable masterpiece you need to see veritable veritable masterpiece it's word it's it's a Richard Corbin is you know if I, I hate ranking shit especially when it comes to art but in in my all time list of favorites Corbin is way 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 up there I mean nobody does it like Corbin I I really it, it, the Corbin's portion of uh, the heavy metal movie is one of my favorite parts of that movie it's like almost the only good part of the movie. Just about. It's, it's, it's close, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, I, I loved, and I saw, I saw the heavy metal, ha, the heavy metal movie years after I was familiar with Corbin's work in comics and in heavy metal and to see it animated and, and, and the woman with the big bosoms being about to be sacrificed and things like, it was just, it blew my mind. Have you ever experienced Corbin's actual Den from Heavy Metal, the the story from which that not in its entirety, but yes, bits and pieces. Oh, you there. you need you really need to check I that want out to. because they yeah. they really stripped the balls literally oh, of course. Uh, yeah. off Den because I mean he's running around <laughs> John Candy notwithstanding I, I mean, know he, he's running small. around with his dong hanging out the whole time it's just I mean, amazing if if I look if I think about the Heavy Metal movie I, I just I think of it as as a primer of what the Heavy Metal magazine could give you month right. in month yeah. out. There yeah, wasn't yeah. there wasn't anything even though they were trying to string the stories along and 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 to to connect them, but it just nothing about that movie really gave you nothing was whole. Every there were it was just a little bit of of certain portions of the magazine over the years yeah i love yep. the movie but i gotta admit i i saw it first run back in the day and, okay. and I, th- I thought it was the the goddamn greatest thing ever mm-hmm. i bought the dvd not too long ago revisiting the movie doesn't hold up all that well Mm-mm. yeah it really yeah. doesn't um Real. yeah i i appreciate it for what it was a, a a very ambitious attempt at an animated feature it's it's still good very good in fact um but there are parts that are just like wow this is this is very tedious you know um it's been years since i've seen it and i was stoned well who wasn't yeah well i saw his little kid it was it was like naughty to see it it was naughty yeah Yeah. i mean if you like fifth element i feel like i was getting away oh god yeah yeah. you need you need to see the metal to see every time i bought the magazine i felt like i was getting away with something yeah yeah but uh, yes, um, I'm pleading with you, and and I, I know I I repeat myself all the time. The Warren stuff, if if you're not familiar, educate yourself on the Warren uh, publishing output because there's no better time than right now. Warren Ford, you know that. Well, we touched you, on Warren yeah, tonight. Yeah. We touched on EC. How are we gonna keep going? Sure, let's do some Skywald. Oh wow! <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's that's my uh, eerie number one. Ooh, they're, they they they're they're taking steps in the right direction. God damn, Mike Richardson, he's a good businessman. He he's, he he's got he very yeah. he has taste. He he's handles a man his business. Of, he does. He does. All right, what do you got, Jason? I think it's your turn, right? Really? I'm, we ta- are we tag teaming? You said you read something. Jesus. All- oh, a little something by Jeff Lemire. Oh, yeah. there's not a little something. A lot of something. <laughs> you, you read it? Are you finished? Are you ready to talk? Of course, about I this? read it, dude. Are we ready to my to shit, dis- dude? To dispel the slander and and the 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 horrible, unfounded things that that I heard the art sucks in that book. Yeah, that's yeah what exactly. Uh, relative to what you were saying uh, with that ridiculous review last week, I, the, that guy the should literally like there should be some legal ban from him ever writing about comics ever. Again. <laughs> 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 well, you know, admittedly, a lot of that column is very tongue in cheek, but yeah, it could have been. I mean, it, it, there was no alert to the reader that yeah, it was. If it was tongue in cheek, there was no slide, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It was pretty brutal. Dude, it's, Christopher, it's, it's, Christopher, wait, wait, Chris, you need to, you, you're, you're getting squashed every time you open your mouth. Yeah. True. Good. Nope. No. Mm-mm. Now we can, but it, it's like it, it cuts out in the initial burst and then it comes in. Right. So yeah, just. Well, I'm Jason. Why don't you get started and I will chime in with thoughts on the underwater welder. Sure. So this um, this is Jeff's triumphant return to top shelf. Um, you know he has his career has skyrocketed in recent years, uh, in no small part to his work as a uh, as a writer at DC, uh, as well as uh, his his creator own work, which is wrapping up Sweet Tooth at Vertigo DC. But you know his his what really made Jeff um, a recognizable figure in comics was his stuff published through Top Shelf, which again, talk about, you were mentioning Mike Richardson, Vince, you know, uh, Chris Staros is no slouch himself in terms of oh. yeah. doing the right he's stuff to put eye. out. Yeah. yeah, he's got an eye. So, um, Jeff has been working on this for a long time. I mean, at least two years, if not more. Um, this is an original graphic novel, and, and it's a bigger format than his Essex County stuff was. Um, and it it follows a, um, a guy probably in his late 20s, early 30s, who is a... The book is called The Underwater Welder, so as you might suspect, he is, in fact, an underwater welder. His job is to um, basically tend to the underwater infrastructure that is related to the uh, oil and gas um, you know, pipelines that he works with. So he, you know, he works out on a rig for months at a time, and they send him to go to diving to fix stuff. Um, so he has an incident... Uh, while he's on a dive that most assume is something, you know, like, um, you know, like oxygen depletion, you know, like he, he kind of loses it. And so they, they, they beach him. They, they tell him, listen, you gotta, you gotta give it a rest. You, you need to go home and rest. And as it turns out, his wife is, um, pregnant soon to have a baby. They're first. So they're like, go home, you know, be with your wife. Come back when, you know, when you're, you're cleared up and just enjoy the time. But the incident that, occurs to him is that he thinks he sees something at the bottom of the ocean floor. And when he gets back to his home, he just cannot get this item out of his mind. Uh, and, and from there, Jeff takes us on a journey through the underwater world's life, 
um, particularly his childhood and his relationship with his father. His father was also a diver. Um, he was a treasure hunter, uh, a, 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 much like many treasure hunters, a, an unsuccessful one at that. Um, and this this book is really an examination of this guy's transition into a, uh, a different point in his life. You know, he's as I said, married, about to have a kid, and um, for the first time in his life, he's faced with. Uh, responsibilities and choices. He has to engage. He has to be present at the moment. And he spent much of his life um, not being present. You know, he's been out to sea for months at a time, and he escapes. And uh, he he kind of is is put into a position where he has to choose. And, and the choice is one I think that's probably very familiar to a lot of us. I know I certainly have reflected on this a lot uh, in in my own life, which is, you know, you can either become like your parents. Or you can make the conscious choice to be completely different from your parents. Yeah, yeah. But whatever choice you make, the way your parents are have a profound impact on you. You know, you, you can't escape that. Assuming, of course, you grew up with them, and and that's what he's faced with. You know, he loves his father dearly. Um, he has an um, almost romanticized view of his father, which again I think is not atypical of a lot of, of a lot of people. Um, and he. Because I'm trying to not get into the, you know, the, the I'm not trying to give away the, right. the main plot points, but but he is he is like I said forced to decide if he's going to he's becoming his father for all that's good and bad about that, and he has to make the decision during the course of this novel whether he is going to fight hard to not be his dad in all the in all the ways that his dad wasn't maybe good. And, um, and, and, and there's a little bit of a metaphysical sort of spirit walk, uh, component to it, but at the heart of everything that Jeff's done, that he's done well. And I think it, again, it was reflected in his Essex County stuff. It's in sweet tooth is Jeff really, I think is at his best when he hones in on the humanity of his, of his subject matter. And there's always like some wrapper around it that, that makes for a good story. Um, but but um, it, the same thing in the nobody. But but at the end of the day, Jeff's best works are human character studies. You know, there there there's a sparseness to his work where, and I was grappling with this because one of the things I've really come to 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 not enjoy about modern comics is that. Um, the decompressed storytelling style, and I'm sitting back and I'm reading this, and I'm enjoying this book because of how sparse it is and how much space is is allowed for you to really understand the life of of this person. And I'm like, why do I like it here and and not like it in you know the Avengers or or X Men sure. or you know whatever and it, it's. It, I think it's about the package and it's about the delivery. And um, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's Canadian. It. I. I <laughs> it's, it's serious. I. It, Jeff. Jeff. He. He communicates that the sparseness of Canada to me more than anything. And and it's it's this very it's this very simple life that that has a poignancy to it and and a gravity. Um, there's so much emotion in his work, and and like you're pointing out about the the father son relationship and how we as sons romanticize and and elevate our fathers to a level that you know, that only we 
you can hold them at and yeah it's it, it's it's a it's a really gripping book i was absolutely just trapped by it i could not put it down mm-hmm. um, you know and and speaking of trapped i mean that's you know he is he is trapped by the world that that he's created for himself and i think that there's um you know through 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 the subject matter itself you know uh, being an underwater welder is is a very focused claustrophobic uh, existence and, and he talks about that you know in in the book that you have to be very focused and in the moment and everything else falls away and it's this very claustrophobic uh, existence and i think that that kind of is a, is a microcosm of of his world is that right. he had to to focus himself and become very you know in in the moment and and he's kind of trapped by his past there and yeah so it's about him breaking out and having to be with this decision of I'm going to relive what my father was, or I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be my own man, and it's this, yeah. this kind of like you know baptism, you know, like moment that he goes through. It's 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 really good, right? And if you think about it, I mean, and and this is a theme again in all of, of Jeff's creator-owned stuff, um, whether it be the Nobody or Essex County or this uh, or Sweet Tooth. Is um, is a loneliness. He he's very he's very attuned to the fact that life is not well for some people maybe, but for many of us, life is is often there are parts of your life where you are just alone, and and sometimes it's by choice, sometimes it's by regret. You know, sometimes it's you don't want to be alone, but you just are. And in this book in particular, I mean, I really think that's one of the overarching the- uh, you know themes is that. You know, he's as you said, his his job and his very nature is to be insular. But he's married and he loves his wife very much. And 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 in his mind he's he's looking forward to having a child and, and all that. But yet, you know, he hasn't put the crib together, despite his wife asking him a ton of times. He finds an excuse to not go to her ultrasound appointments, you know. And she is alone because he's disengaged and she, unlike him, is just crushed by it. She doesn't want to be alone. She she fears being alone, especially with the baby coming and you know, his dynamic with his father, he he loves his father, he romanticizes his father, but yet, you know, the saddest moments in his life were related to his father for reasons that we won't get into, making him feel alone. And so it's really fascinating. I mean, I, again, again, I can only, you know, Jeff has been fairly open, at least when he was doing press for, like, back when he wrote Essex County, you know, that he grew up in a small Canadian town. But I don't think, if I recall, he, he ever had, like, a particularly insular life or that he, you know, he had a close family, if I recall, and, and that sort of thing. So... But but clearly he he's in touch with with that aspect of of life and maybe that's one of the reasons why Jeff is one of my favorites because you know I've I've said I'm an only child you know my parents were divorced when I was one and so there is a part of me that very much treasures being alone and there have yeah. definitely been moments in my life where I have had to really push myself to engage um, whether it be with my wife or with friends you know where there's moments where if I'm not careful I can very quickly sort of be very comfortable completely isolated and almost feel like this is cool this is how i want to be and you have to sometimes really work through that because especially as you get older right i mean we have friends and work relationships and again a wife and i have kids so you really can't afford yourself to fall into that trap without causing sadness or undue circumstance to the people around you right and so he really captures that in this book so this one hit me like a ton of bricks 
you look, you look at the four of us, and, and we we talk basis about a, a hobby that we love that at its core is a very similar thing. I mean, we all grew up spending time by ourselves reading comic books, yeah, and so man, being all, yeah, you're right. It's, you know, we all we all share that that kind of uh, you know joy of of being you know independent and and alone. But at the same time, there's 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 kind of the air of sadness that hangs over that. You know, it's um, you know I think that that we've all balanced that stuff in in our lives through family and friends and and become very you know very well adjusted. But yeah, I think I think Jeff Jeff captures those those moments of of loneliness very very well and understands the concept that you know what you come into this world alone and you leave this world alone oh, and yeah. at some point in your life and maybe multiple times in your life you make decisions by yourself for yourself that that guide the path in your life and 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 in underwater welder you know that the protagonist has to do that. He's like, you know, no matter how much my wife loves me, no matter how good my job is or how easy my station in life is, and, and, and not that it is, but, but no matter what comfort level I've fallen into, you know, I have to make a decision on what my life is going to be like. And I've, I now see that I'm going down a path that I don't want it to be. I think I, I hope that we're all very conscious of that, you know, about ourselves. That you know what we're we're here for a good time, not a long time. And whenever you see your life, you know, kind of spiraling out of control, that you're able to throw the brakes on, and say, no, I'm in control, and I'm going to grow up and be an adult about this. And and that's the, the um, an amazing moment in this book um, that that captures that. So it's. Um, it, it it's already very much at the top of my favorite reads this year. Wow, I didn't wow. get it yet. I didn't it's really? Good. Yeah, I didn't buy it yet. Shame on you. I know. It's, no, it's, it's awesome. It, and, and it's really not to say that I haven't enjoyed Jeff's DC stuff because I do, but you know, this is what makes me love the guy as a creator. You know, like this is this is him. It's this, this is his lock, stock, and barrel. You know, it's it's his illustration, his writing, and I realize Sweet Tooth has been that as well. But you know, again, maybe it's just the the, the collected nature of this, the totality of it, that really works for me. You know, to sit down. I mean, I read this in one sitting. It blows me away that he's been kind of chipping away at this while he's been working on on Animal Man and Sweet Tooth and probably Superboy. Yeah, I mean, he. Well, I'm sure you saw he he thanks in his acknowledgments his DC editors for you know giving him the time to to finish this, and then he gives a shout out to Matt Kent, which you know is a, another huge favorite of mine as well as one of Jeff's good friends. And he, you know, he says that you know the reason that Jeff did uh, drew the three issues of Sweet Tooth that he drew was so that. That um, the reason that Matt drew the three issues of Sweet Tooth that he did was so that Jeff could get off his ass and finally finish this. So you know, in the final stretch. Speaking of Sweet Tooth, did you did you see the cameo? No, Sweet Tooth is in this. Gus. Yeah, so yeah, Gus is in the. If you uh, if you go to the flashback scene uh, from Halloween. Oh, uh, okay. It's Joseph is the main character, right? Um, right. 
Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Hold on. So uh, right. I'm trying to find the page, but oh, so Sweet Jesus is on there. Have to. Uh, cool. I'll have. Um, yeah, it's a it's a flashback of of Halloween, and and he's walking uh, walking through the town, and there are some uh, trick or treaters in the background, and one of them is very clearly Gus. <sighs> oh, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. I was just like, oh, what a what a page. Um, so yeah, so Gus um, from Sweet Tooth makes a makes a nice little sweet. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Which going to be finishing up pretty soon. It is on page one hundred and eighty. If you have it, uh, if you have oh, it handy. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh yeah, look at that. Oh wait a minute, dude, wait a minute. Hold on a second. And it's funny now that you said that. He's huh? he, it is it is Gus, and he's walking with. Uh, with the main character from Essex County, when he's, exactly. when he's dressed up as a superhero counter. Uh, That's oh. awesome. Awesome. Good on. That's very cool. Neat little Easter egg, huh? Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Neat. So yeah. total thumbs up. I don't know what kind of Mark S. Buster was saying <laughs> last week, but he's oh. out of his mind. He's a, a a child. Sometimes you know people just say shit knowing that they're going to get a reaction. I I can't. I mean, reading well, and look, I mean, other other reviews, if in air quotes, it's I I can't. Yeah, I just I, yeah, I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. You had a little train going up the hill, and at the top, you just said, I mean, like, ah, never mind." Know, like I can understand if 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 I understand any if anyone doesn't necessarily particularly vibrate with a uh, with a person's particular style. Like I get that, you know that that's personal, and not everyone's yeah. style is gonna vibe with everyone, but. Like to call into question the man's draftsmanship or his cartooning abilities, I mean, it's crazy because you, I mean, look at some of these pages and it's just masterful cartooning. I mean, like with the scene when he's getting a headache and he's deep down in the ocean, it's just all these sort of concentric lines that zigzag and it just makes you feel like his, you know, the pressure of the water is just crushing him. And then there's these pages where, you know, it's, it's, he's just, in the, you know, he's, he's in his diver suit and he's just a little blip in the center of the page and it's, you know, it's all painted watercolors, and you can just just makes you realize how big the ocean is. And oh, dude, just, it's in so, full color. No, no, I, oh. I'm just saying. Oh. Like it's, you, he painted the he, okay. he he definitely used watercolors to to paint, but it's great. You know, it's gray and black tones, but but gotcha. uh, it's They're, it's just beautiful. You know, I I I don't take issue with the. You're cutting out again. Sorry, go. I don't take issue with the with the the things he said, because. Um, as far as saying you know this this art is bad you can't tell someone that they're wrong when 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 they say things like that because as far as their pers- you know uh, perspective they're not wrong if the, if they deem the art bad then it is bad to them right but it's 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 when they they take their comments or their worldview as the defining judgment upon this art which is virtually impossible no one has the defining uh, statement or you know the be all the end all commentary on art because everybody is everybody's uh, perceives it from a different angle right so it it, that and that's the thing that really bothered me about that when we put it in quotes uh, you know art obviously it is art and 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 to even Mm -hmm. even uh imply that it wasn't was just not very professional and 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 a kick in the balls to a a very competent creator you know more than competent dude a critic needs to set aside their their personal taste and look at things objectively and i can totally understand why some people would not be um, completely turned on by Jeff's 
by Jeff Stiles. Sure. Yeah, that's it's, what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's unlike anyone else in the industry. It is unique. But I can look at, at a lot of different art that I personally don't like, but I can see the craft in it. Exactly. And you have to you have to step outside of yourself, and if you don't, then then you're basically just commenting on something. You're not a critic. You're not critiquing. You're commenting on. And it's kind of like Queen and Country. I obviously do not buy, click with the subject matter, but but there there is no doubt that that is an extremely well crafted series. Uh, right. get, me and Gary Panner. I exactly does not trip my trigger, but. I see the skill in it. I see the craft in it. Yeah, you know, and well. and there are people I respect, like you. And and there's you will as you get older. Gary Pan will click with you. Well, one morning you'll wake up and you'll be like, "Holy shit!" And, and, and like, it, well, it's, it's it sounded snarky. You know, whenever I you know, described whoever whoever wrote that review and what Comics Buyers Guide as a child, but you know, yeah. and that sounds really condescending, which it is. But you know, that person, I would hope in 10 years would go back and say, oh, wow, you know what? Yeah, this is really brilliant stuff. Right, I, right. I did the same thing with Kirby. Man, 15 years ago, I thought Jack Kirby was just like old, boring comics. It took me... <laughs> <laughs> so it took me learning about the craft, which I still learn more every day. But and, that's not a and, unique uh, approach. I mean, a lot of people disliked Kirby initially. Oh, sure, sure. And I yeah. probably like 8% of what I would like to know about comics. And I'm just now getting where I'm like, yeah, Kirby was brilliant. But the 12-year-old the in my head is just like, oh, those are old, boring comics. And, you know, and you know, it, it takes learning this thing. I mean, this is a big, crazy, awesome medium that has a million different different facets to it and and i think the hubris by a lot of a lot of critics and i, I you know i hey man i i'm i'm pointing the finger at myself from some of the stuff i've written and talked about in the past i think the hubris of people that grew up with something uh therefore think that they are experts it's like you know what you're or not own it there, or own it there's probably five experts in the world on comics. thank you i appreciate that <laughs> all, all of them are over 40 um, except for one <laughs> but you know it's a, this this is this is a much wider medium than than the quote unquote you know self-proclaimed experts like like to give it credit for and and it just takes reading a review in an actual accredited publication that has absolutely no idea what it's talking about to to realize, you know what? Yeah, uh, leave the leave the quote unquote expert talk to, to the experts. It's man, there's there's so much good stuff out there that you need to educate yourself about. And you don't hate educate, hate educate. Absolutely, absolutely. I know people that talk about Darwin Cook being a hack. I'm like, what? What? Are you there are what? actually people. <laughs> really? That's people who just what? That, see that's that's the equivalent of that's absurd attention. That's just you know, look well, at me. yeah, I'm you know, say cray cray crazy talk. and yeah, really, cray cray. seriously, cray cray. You know, it's a dark cook's okay if you like cartoony stuff. Douche. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just forget about that. What else that's we got? Cray cray, dude. I don't know, man. Um, well, let me. You know what? Because I'm I'm not going to be here next week. Uh, just uh, that's true. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. 
Well, I just wanted to. I I, uh, I was joking with you guys because we were talking about as we do sometimes on the forums uh, what we read before we record, and um, I have been continuing to chug along, catching up on all of my various and sundry regime piles. But um, I will say, um, you know, Hickman's FF run is about to end. Uh, as we know, as part of the Marvel Now relaunch. And, you know, he wrapped up his big arc, which I talked about in quite a lot of detail some months ago. And he's been doing a bunch of basically one-shots. A couple of things have run into two issues, but it's basically been a bunch of one-shots. And the cool thing is, is it's, it's, I've started to realize what it is. Basically, he had this really, you know, long, multi-year set of ideas that he wanted to tell, and he did it. And then he had some time left. And he, it's like he's cleaning out his notebook. And he's doing it in such a great way. No, no, but I mean it. He's doing no, it. No, I know. I'm not, I'm not mocking. He, he's, um, he's basically doing a bunch of what ifs. And each one is completely different in tone. And, and by doing it in this way, there, there's no every, the, the, the fact that it's disjointed or different themes or it, it just works, you know, because he, he's just telling the stories that were in his mind to tell that he probably doesn't have time to, to do much else with. And, and it's, it's really working for me. Like, because each one's just in and of itself. It's got different artists for each, each, uh, each concept, and it's it's just been terrific. Like, for example, in one, it's like a what if, what if the FF were actually German German Nazis? What would that wow. be like? Wow, that is cool. Um, yeah, one is um, what if Reed and his dad jump through time, and they go in like thousand year increments. And they're kind of doing the the just the, you know the observation thing. They can't you know they're just watching the world until they get into the six thousands and uh, and and they see you know. Well, I, I can't consider this as a spoiler because who's to say this is actually going to happen? But as they find out that uh, that that over the course of all this time, um, Ben Grimm never ages when he's in his rock form. He doesn't age. Oh shit! <laughs> so or yeah, I should say he ages super slowly, so he doesn't die until like the year six thousand and twelve. Whoa, that is a very cool concept. It is, and 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 um and Franklin is still alive. Franklin's immortal. I, was, did, I don't think well, anybody has ever done that before. Yeah, have it's they? really cool. It's really cool, and you see the world evolve, like like the world changes, you know, and and like by the time it's the six thousands, the world's like all organic. It's kind of like straight out of like the uh, like profit, like uh, like person, you know, <laughs> it's it's all these like pods and everything's organic, and and Ben Grimm is uh the the elder statesman of the of the world, and he's got like his giant long rock beard, you know, because he's getting old now and he's like, he walks with a cane. Very cool. Like he's just, he, he's, and he's just doing different little one-offs like that, that have different tone um, in one, which is awesome. It's like, uh, remember like inner space, you know, like um, mm-hmm. where they have to go. Well, it's like that. They, the, the uh, FF are in this hostile alien universe and they're, they have a mission and everything's attacking them. And you come to realize that they're inside of a person's body Ah, oh, fantastic voyage. And, and they're yeah, exactly. And they're and they're there to, to do a very specific thing. And the issue revolves around Willie Lumpkin. So it's like these great well, that's, little that, that's the one I, I that, that's the Ron Garney issue I talked about. Yeah, oh that so, is the one, yes, exactly. Yes. And 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 you know, he does these little and it's just he's just having fun with these little ideas he clearly had about cool FF stories to tell. He's just telling them before his time runs out. So are all these done by different artists? Yeah, Ron Garney, yes. um, um, I'm trying to think who did the, uh, um, yes, the answer is yes. It's, it's different artists that, that, that do them. So cool. That sounds yeah, great. very, very cool. It's really, well, hopefully cool. so. they'll collect all the one shots into the, mm-hmm. that would probably be the capper, right? The trade that ca- caps off his run. So maybe yeah, I'll check those out. 
Yep. And and you know damn well there's going to be a, a Hickman Fantastic Four omnibus just collecting yeah. the. I'll, I'll get that. I'll wait. For and the that. cool thing is, is like it shows you Hickman's diversity because like the Willie Lumpkin issue is very much a, a heartfelt issue. Very yeah. It's, one, it, right? it's 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 in the running for probably my my single issue of the year. For right. Yeah. Fosters. Exactly. Yeah. And because then it it just it was one of those things where if you I I liked how we had. The, the flashbacks, the present time, and and if you were a long time Fantastic Four reader, it it probably affected you more than if you were just either reading from the Hickman run or just a sporadic reader, because this is someone who who the family, who, who the Richards family, it, he is a, a basically a family member. He's a supporting cast member, and for him to just be part of it, and for them to want to do that for him, it 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 means something. It all meant something for me because. I go back that far, so I, I really got something out of the story. Absolutely, and and then you know you flip the script, and then you look at like the issue where they're Nazis, and there's lots of cool little little components to it. But just to show you how how sick Hickman is and what a, a bastard he makes Reed, um, Reed can't you know Reed is this Reed is Reed. He's one of the smartest people around, but he can't figure out how to do this one thing. So, because he's part of the 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 right, you know, the Third Reich, he, they get all these these really smart young minds into a room, and Reed says, "Here's the problem you need to solve," and somebody solves it. Can you guess who solves it? If it isn't Reed, who would be who would be capable of solving something that Reed couldn't solve? Susie. No, dude. Who's smart? On, she's, who's as, she's smart. Who's as? Oh, Doom. Doom. So Doom solves the problem, right? Well, then the next scene is fucking Doom laying with his skull cut open and Reed with a scar on his head. Reed cuts out part of Doom's brain and And implants it into his own head to make himself smarter. Christ. Because that would work. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) That is cool. Science. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Hey, you guys are going to have gifts in your future for me. Really? Yeah, I was just keeping an eye on an eBay auction, and uh, I I sniped it at the last oh, six, oh, the last six seconds. I just won. Get this. That Kirby Machine Man page? No, <laughs> no, no. This is obscure. I I won twenty four uh twelve copies of each version of Marvel's Crystar, the uh, nice. the storybooks, Why not the comics. No, because they're awesome. The uh, not the comics, David. These are the storybooks. They, they, I think they did two different storybooks. This even comes with the display. I got twelve com- copies of the Origin of Crystar and twelve copies of the Magic. Uh, <laughs> I, I to capture the, the Magic. You did? Read? I had the Dude, figures. Yeah. Ten dollars and six dollars. Oh, nice. Okay. Six, Sixteen uh, bucks uh, for twenty-four. Yeah, I gotta find a couple of the figures. I'm, I'm a little short, but yeah. Oh god. So you guys have Crystar in your in your future. I'm excited. These Bob Larkin covers are incredible. Yeah, you won't be crackly by then. Let's start while he's while he's cracking up. We'll do things kind of in yeah. Actually, let's just totally go reverse. Jason, why don't you give us your in your travels? Wow. Whoa! Then, look at you calling an audible. Well, <laughs> by the time that we get. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Um, sure. In, in your travels, um, pick up the first trade of um, the uh, Avenging Spider-Man. Um, I had read the first issue, and I think yeah, mentioned okay. it briefly when it first came out, but I caught up on that, and um, 
while your mileage may vary depending on which storyline and which artist, the first three issues are uh, with Joe Mad art, and yes. uh, it's freaking beautiful. It so, is. It is a better Mole Man Moloid story than the first Incredible Hulk arc that featured Mole Moloids. Yes, I would agree with that, and and it also is. Um, it also I thought was really funny, and it, it was a lot of funny dialogue. It really captured Spider-Man's essence as well as the Red Hulk. They had really great yeah. banter back and forth. Um, so I highly. Highly recommend the first trade. I can't speak to much beyond that because, again, each each dark kind of its own thing. But, uh, so but yeah, in your travels, pick that up. It's Joe Matter. Yeah, and the first three issues. Then you have, I think, uh, it's Greg Glenn, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, on the Hawkeye issues. Uh, oh. It's it's been it's been a rotating art team basically. What's the, uh, what's the coloring one? Not too bad. Not it, it's better than his uh, Ultimates run that we last saw. It doesn't doesn't look like someone poured a, a chocolate milkshake on it. No, no, not at no, all. No, it it works. J. Jonah Jameson's prick. It's 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 a pretty funky story. It's it's Zeb Wells, right? It is. It is Zeb yeah. Wells. It's it J. Pretty... Jonah Jameson's prick. Yeah, I know. It's surprising. Yep, it's it's really surprising. But uh, no, it's it's. Uh, I did. Uh, I I dug the first arc. That that was pretty good. Hmm. Ah, uh, in your travels, I um, this jumped out at me today. Actually, we um, Renee and I drove to Brooklyn. My uh, where my Brooklyn at? Brooklyn, yo. My uh, my grandmother's from Florida is up, and so we we hung out with um, oh, Grandmama Price with with Bubba, and uh, and and with my <laughs> aunt, and uh, so so we were we were chilling in Brooklyn for a while, and every time I turn off. FDR southbound and head towards the Brooklyn Bridge. I always, always <laughs> think about the Wolfman Perez New Teen Titans because there was a character who lived in the Brooklyn Bridge, and and so it just it always takes me back to to that time. I wasn't reading New Teen Titans as I was driving around here. It's just it, it that that always jumps into my head, and so in your travels, I'm going to suggest you read something that takes you back to a time where you just that is it, it seriously it just transports you it just whether it's doesn't matter how long you've been reading whether you could be hanging out in your kitchen and and every time you know you do something you just think about a book you read while sitting at the table in your kitchen i it doesn't matter i just i want somebody to read something that just makes them think about a time that isn't now. Yeah. Am I like good? It. You're good. You know what does Absolutely. that for me? Instant, what? W- instant Wayback Machine? Mm. Marvel's Planet of the Apes magazine. No shit. Instant. With with the Mike Plug uh, tear on the Planet of the Apes? Yeah. It, it, I, I can I can forget that I'm that I'm 47. Wow. 47. <laughs> Dude. Old. The fuck? Old bastard. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's, it's all right. We still love you. Yeah, we, I mean, it's all love. <laughs> Christopher, I think we all have um, blind spots. Well, maybe not Vince. Ah, Speak for yourself, dude. I got blind spots. We all have blind spots and things that yeah, you know, you should have read. (laughs) You should catch up on. Yeah, there there are some blind spots that are (laughs) worse than others. I have never read Uh 
the Stanley and Mobius. Uh, oh my God! He never had power. Oh, what? Jesus. Holy shit! What? Oh my God! I wish I still had those two fucking. What's the matter with you, dude? I love those two issues. They are uh, good. We all have blind spots, Jason. We do. Speak for yourself. So maybe you shouldn't judge. He probably, you know what? No, seriously, <laughs> can't give Chris too much shit. He probably had to read a Doctor Who reprint that Marvel was putting out. Oh snap! Instead of that epic. First, first cover drawn by who, David? Oh, snap. Of what? Doctor uh, the, Who. Oh, I know that. You know that. I know that. It's the first comic I ever bought. Is, it's is, the, is Marvel, it from who Marvel number 57. Yep. Simonson. Who? Simonson. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. First comic I ever bought. Dave Gibbons Interiors. That's all right. I knew Gibbons was part of it. All right. Interiors. Thank you. Badass shit. Uh, it even says first issue collector's item on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Which was totally unheard of for Marvel back then. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Chris finally read. I got, I got the, I got the, when did they, uh, they released the uh, new hardcover of Parable, which has another story. I only dig through here. It, uh, it has another story in there. It uh, has to. Why would yeah. you have like 60, 60 pages in a hardcover? Yeah, that's, that's oh. worth it. What is. What, why is this? You know, I was flipping through. It's like it's not all Mobius art, uh, but yeah, there is uh, shit. Where is it? Mitchell Rogers' first issue, Silver Surfer. Oh God! What Which is was a, a cold slap in the face back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, like, it really was. Coming off Marshall Rogers's, what was it, Detective? Oh yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, there was some years between the two. There, there was, but but how did you get Ron Lim? You you, you build up the legend, right? So I, I was I was gung ho, yeah. Marshall oh, Rogers on Silver Surfer, yeah. and th- that first issue was like what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe it was yeah, Marshall right. Studio. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It was, not, it was not. Uh, it was a, not the it, best look. No, it, no. Uh, it's uh, the Enslavers by uh, Stan Lee and Keith Pollard. Pollard. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, I miss that some bitch. That's probably almost two thirds of the of the hardcover. So I'm gonna get that. Did you? Was that one of the reduced ones, or was that uh, you pay full price for that? Because like they're they're clearing out hardcovers left and right at DC and Marvel these days. Yeah, they are. They're blowing them out, dude. Yeah, I uh, no, I I I uh, shit. Where did I? Get? I got it full price ish. Twenty four. Twenty four ninety nine. Yeah. Well worth it. Yeah. Shit, so, just for the two Mobius issues. Yeah, seriously. Exactly. It, it was just like, Which wrote know. themselves. <laughs> with, some, with some Stanley word balloons. <sighs> they like got me teamed shit. up with a French guy. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> Is France still a country? <laughs> Jesus. Nice, kinder, friendlier podcast, Vince. I know, I know. Uh, what do I got here? What you got? In your travels. Oh. Back to Chris Star, just for a second. Oh, could we? I bought the... Yeah, we can, just for real quick. <laughs> do, you, do you know who penciled I mean, the, first, the first issue? Uh, You're going to tell us. Brett Blevins, which you, yes, would think, yes. which you would think would be oh, awesome, right? Vinny Coletta mm. inked it. Toad, uh, totally oh, yeah. just destroyed just it. Like, just like oh, that geez. fucking Wonder Man was supposed to be limited series, ended up being a one-shot that was penciled yeah. by Kerry Gamble. Check your Fuck that shit. And, and it's such a tease because the back cover 
uh, Blevins does the whole thing by himself, uh, penciled and inked it, and it's so damn sexy. And then you flip through, and this thing was printed on, uh, I, what do they call this, Baxter paper back in the day? It was yeah. two, two bucks in 1983. Right. From, from Marvel. So it's on that upscale paper with the nice coloring. Uh, and then you flip it through and it's Vinnie Coletta ink and it's like, oh, damn. Yeah. And there's so many cooks in this, this kitchen. You hate Coletta. I really do. Yes. Um, uh, Mary Jo Duffy was the plotter and the scripter. Brett Blevins was the penciler. Vinnie inked it. But, uh, the concept creators, Ralph mm. Macchio, Mark Grunewald, Jim Shooter. They got John, John Romita Jr., who in 83 could not have been that old. As a, a graphic designer, yeah. uh, with special thanks to Bob Harris, Doug Polabom, Polambom, and Louise Jones, who we know would later become Wheezy Simonson. Wheezy Simonson. So there's a lot of fingers in this, but it's a. I like Chris Star. It's a cool little story. Anyway, in your damn travels. Uh, it's currently on issue 42, but don't let that stop you because uh, this is the first uh, part of a new storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's story. uh, the cover is gorgeous. It was drawn by Jenny Frizen. Uh, actually incorporates the logotype into the design of the, the, the image. So it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Published by Image. Written by Richard Starkings. This issue features a preview of Non-Humans by Glenn Brunswick and Wills Portacio. We know that guy, right? Yeah. Uh, it also has the... Um, Charlie Loves Robots, story, a continuing story by uh, J.G. Rochelle and Gabriel Batista with Duncan Rouleau on the title art. But the main story is written by Starkings and penciled or drawn by Axel Medellin. Is it Medellin or Medellin? Medellin? Okay. Medellin, yeah. But there's uh, sequences in here drawn by Dave Sim. Wow, and I'm of course talking about Elephant Man. Jesus, Elephant Man is a great little book. Uh, in addition to all that, you get a scholarly take. Uh, Starkings is uh, in the habit of uh, spotlighting a different illustrator uh, every issue, and this one, uh, this issue, he takes a look at Arnaldo Puzzo. And there are some Planet of the Apes paintings in here that are, it's from the TV show, but don't let that stop you uh, from checking it out. They're, they're amazing paintings. There's a Star Wars painting, Space 1999, Hulk, all the good stuff. Uh, and it's only, what, 350 for this? 399, sorry. If you're not reading Elephant Men, you really should. It's, it's a goddamn great book. Yep. Yep. Good from the beginning. It, it, uh, and there's like, there's nakedness in here all over the place, both male and female. Hey, before we uh, before we finish up here, I want to send out a, a major congratulations and thank you to Jason Aaron and Aram Guara. Yes, for sixty issues of some of the best shit. Word in in scalped. What an amazing run of an amazing comic. So well done, well done, Jason. Absolutely, I believe um, my comic of the year, two of the last three years. Yeah, dude. Oh, and also too, we we should we would be remiss to not uh, uh, offer our remembrances and condolences to uh, those uh, who were touched by Mr. Sergio Topi's death because yes. he passed away this weekend. Um, we've lost a lot this week this year, man. Hubert uh, Mobius Topi. It's Phyllis I guess Diller, that happens every year, but Ernest Borgnine. It sucks. 
yeah, yeah, well, which one of these doesn't do in his own thing? But um, sure, Ernest Borgnine, too. Okay. Absolutely. Fellas, do not shit on Fellas. I didn't know he was a draftsman, but cool. Uh, well, speaking of mean. comics, you got Phyllis Diller. I mean, there are, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a rough fucking year. I mean, I think it's getting to the point where. During the 11 of classes, we're going to have to have a uh, moment of silence <laughs> remembrance type category. Yeah, you know what we'll do? It's... We'll get Alan to do one of his YouTube videos to it. Oh, right. Okay. All screaming towards the eschaton, so it's almost done. Um, December 21st. Remember that date. Uh, what was I going to say? Are we recording that? Now? Oh, I read something today that made me think of Mr. Price. I'm taking oh, yeah? off the apocalypse. Vincent or... No, Adventure Time number seven. Oh yeah! There's a there's a full page lumpy space princess. Uh, uh, well, it's called uh, uh, lumpy space drama, and uh, she, hey, she, girl. She, she's it's this, it, it was drawn by Zach Gorman, who you can follow on Twitter. This guy's great, uh, and and I'm reading this thing and I'm hearing David in in, in my mind's ear. It, it's a day in the life of LSP. And she accosts Brad in one panel. What are you doing with her, Brad? Do you want me to jump off a lumpen bridge? Because I will. And I'm thinking, I- I'm I'm reading this, but inside my mind, it's David saying it, which nice. is really kind of disturbing in a in a weird way. It's kind of cool though. A little disturbing. It is a little disturbing. I love Adventure Time. Love it. But it's kinda, you know what? I I I usually turn my nose up at three ninety nine comics more often than not, but. Uh, and and it's it's really surprising that what is essentially a kids comic, and I know kids aren't buying it, so humor me for a second. But a, a kids comic from from Boom slash Kaboom is three ninety nine. That's a little weird, don't you think? Definitely. I, 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 no, really. Wouldn't the audience for this book be a little bit wider and more plentiful yeah. if it was two ninety nine? I don't understand why they. No. No. You don't think so? No, it's not about the well. The the price would the price would matter if distribution was there, but it, right, it's, yeah, it doesn't. I don't even see Boom Books at uh, at Barnes and Noble. I mean, I yeah, don't know I mean, where. It's not like you can get them at. Like I appreciate what Boom is attempting, but it's like beating your head against a wall, dude. It's like I, I don't know, but they seem like, to be doing fairly well. I mean, the titles are still being published, and they're having great success. Thing, I mean, is yeah. It, yeah, they, they have, yeah, even though I mean, you don't know if they're making any money, you know that they 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 paid money to to, to make the books, so they got to make yeah. the books. But even oh, though they're, they're oh. shitting in Charles Schultz's open mouth, but whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it's terrible. Uh, did you get your copy of the Meyer yet? The what? The who? Or last week, dude? The Becky Cloonan. No, I did not get it yet. Okay. Just oh, wait, who? The Becky Cloonan book we talked about. The Meyer. I didn't hear what you said. That what? What's the name of it? The Meyer. Hmm. That's the thing I ordered last time when Chris was going off on. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I know, but every, whenever every time I think of Becky Cloonan, I'm like, hmm. What? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> oh god, Jesus Christ! Good times, good times. <laughs> Jason's <you> awesome. <laughs> that that one little—it's not even the words, like a sound. And it that- says so much. I'm thinking like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, Becky Clune is an awesome illustrator. She's just yeah. never drawn anything that I've really enjoyed. Uh, okay. What about the Conan? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot you did that. Sorry. Yeah. And, and, Lo- and what? Local? American person? No, I didn't, I didn't really care was, for was local. Was it local or? Uh... Yeah, I didn't care for local. Okay. All right. Yeah, me either. Yeah, well, local was yeah, Jason not liking that. Hmm? 
a little too slackerish for you. Yeah, very much so. It's the truth. Truth. All right, everybody. Hey, you know what? I didn't do the pitch. This episode, as usual, has been uh, brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, where we said in the top of the episode, you can get a bunch of books really, really cheap. I'm not going to repeat them. Go back and listen to them again. Uh, 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. They are securely packed, shipped quickly to your door. You don't even have to leave the house. They are the best. An extra 8% off your hugely discounted order if you put the following code into the well-manicured slot. David. EOC8. That's right. Without the Barry White this time. EOC8. Do it. They're, they're, they are the absolute best. DCBService.com. Yay. David. Um, are we going to start a Falling Skies podcast? <laughs> we might have to. I haven't. I think maybe tonight, once we're done here, I'll probably watch this week's episode. I am five episodes behind. Damn, dude! Oh, it's so good! Oh, the no, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm just behind, dude. Oh, the final's so good. But I've given Alphas one more episode. You know, it's funny. I, I, I know I didn't watch the first season. Maybe that's hurting me. But this is just like Heroes in that I feel like I should love it, and I'm watching each episode being like, I'm waiting for it to grab me. I'd just be like, I don't know. I, I like the, the first episode I didn't mind. The second episode was okay. Uh, I didn't watch last week's yet, and I didn't watch this week's yet. I love the, I love the new character. I think she's great. But oh, finesse. They, they had an opportunity at the end of last year with the season finale to take that show in a really exciting direction, and they fucking pussied out. Well, I had a feeling that once they knew they were going to have a second season that they changed the last episode of season one. But, I mean, that, that's just me. Whether they did or not, I don't know. But I I was optimistic, but I haven't... I haven't uh, it, it, had, it had a chance to be awesome. And and to go in a really awesome dark direction, and they pussied out and mm-hmm. back to the status quo, and it's and it's boring. It's a boring show. I, I, I missed the credits. Maybe JMS is attached to it now. The, oh uh, my goodness! It's uh, Blue Note seventy seven. That's that's John Boren's forum name. I know it's Blue Note, and I know it that is. there was a number, and it's seventy seven. So Blue Note seventy seven. Yeah, it is. Thank right. you, thank you, thank you and, for the art. And and last TV talk. The show that kind of drifted off a little bit, but came back fucking strong, and I can't wait for the final season. Fringe got really good at the end. Well, I should hope so after the end of uh, the season that I saw. I did not like where it was going. But but if you say it's picking up, then that's good. It pulled it back, and they're they're going like days of future past. Nice. Well, they only have one more season, right? This is it. Last season. Yeah, good. All right. Hey, everybody. Actress in the lead. Oh, you're, you're just you're just wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. No, you're not digging on the Anatorf, huh? Oh. Bird flu? I don't like birds. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. I do. I'm 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 Mr. Avian. With that, give it to me. I don't care. I don't care. It's just so hot. Hey, thanks for being so here with us. <laughs> I'm ready for your Anna. Yeah, uh, thank you for being here with us. So, uh, and, uh, she's married to the dude on the show. That's okay. I'm all right with that. Share, you'll share. Oh. Hey, who's she married to? Is she, she married to, to Paul Valley? Mark. I don't Mark. know the guy's name. The guy that well, he may not be on the show anymore, but the guy that was on the show in the first season with her. Who oh. became Human Target? Yeah, oh, the one that went to Human Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I what like, the fuck, dude. He's a good-looking dude. What the fuck's he doing? Oh, never mind. What the hell? Right. What the? Hell? Right. 
that he who is without sin cast the first stone, David. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll try it. I'll, I'll go lay down next to my hot wife. I'm Jesus' good. beard. <laughs> David, David, and the skinny white broads. I swear. I know, no, balls, like... balls, dude, because Maggie on the yeah, yeah, yeah. go. She, she, she's pretty good. I, All right, everybody. Hey, it's it's we've degenerated. About, we got to go. It's about avian. She looks like a bird. Yeah, it's, it's, she's not. Yeah, she's not dressed. Oh, Matt, Maggie's not skinny. Maybe she comes from the blue. Maggie's not skinny, so that's my problem. But she's white, but she's not skinny, so all right. You know who's all right. all right? Who's legit I, on that falling skies? Skinny Moon white. blood good. Moon, yes, yes, yeah. All right, but, uh, thank you. Well, we're sorry we've we've I'd descended like into the, the pit of, of, of poop <laughs> towards the end of the episode. We'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, most of us will be back next week. And I got I got to yeah, say. I'll see you guys in two weeks, everybody. Stay well. Yeah. Because we love you. There you go. I've... I've I've uh, fulfilled the requisite. We love you, and yes. because we do. Wait, Moon is that the most of you are right? Yes, Doctor. Dr. Yes. Oh, yeah. She was in Terminator Salvation. And Hanging and up. And Vince, Good night. Vince loves me. She's beer. like Tia Carrera. If Tia Carrera was actually hot. Yeah. Well, she was still hot. Right. You actually watched Terminator Salvation? Of course. Oh. Christian Bale, yo. Oh, yo. And it did from uh, Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Peace. Please. 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 Please.